three testing. All right, we turn on there, Andrew. Check, check. All right. We're going to do things a little bit uh, different this morning here. Um, normally we do release the kids right now to go to Sunday school, shake a few hands, say hi. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna do um, like I say. We're just I'm gonna let you know here. Um, we're gonna do basically three things we're gonna accomplish this morning. It's gonna be more of like a family style service, um, which usually is kind of a family style service, anyways. But uh, we're gonna keep the kids with us. Three things we're gonna just try to accomplish this morning here is one I'm just going to share a, a thought about the, from Acts that relates to a special offering we're going to start doing related to missions uh, work and a mission trip. Two, we're going to share thoughts from uh, the marriage conference that we went to this weekend. And three, we're going to break bread together. And so that's that's going to be uh, what we're going to do here this morning. So it'll be a little little different than our normal style and probably uh, a little shorter, maybe a lot shorter, um, depending on how long some of these couples talk here, um, but, but anyways, I'm just going to pray again and just kind of commit our, our time here and trust that God will bless us, um, and if you guys will, let's just bow our heads together and we'll pray. Lord Jesus, we do just ask you to meet us here this morning, Lord, even in just the, the simple flow of things we're going to have, Lord, I pray that you'd bless, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, I pray that it would be an encouraging and refreshing time for every one of us here this morning, and we just want to take time, uh, ultimately, uh, we're just to remember you and your sacrifice on the cross for us, and, and how that should be playing out in our lives, Lord, and so we just commit this time to you, ask that you would bless it, make the most of it, we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right. Um, one thing we're going to talk about here, just real quick, if you have your house Bible, you can open it to uh, Acts chapter 13 is what we've been going through. We're doing a series, uh, just cruising through the book of Acts right now, but there's a verse in Acts 13 that I think will set the stage for just the first, uh, the first little thing we want to do here. So, um, and let's see, it's Acts uh, 13. And really, uh, verse 3 is the one we want to look at here. It's, um, it says here, uh, you know, we talked about it last week, about Paul, uh, Paul and Barnabas got sent off and it started their first missionary journey. And it came right out of this church in Antioch. Um, but like verse 3 says down here, it says, So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Then it continues, the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. And, it, you know, we, we go into the rest of the chapter and the rest of Paul's first missionary journey after that. But this phrase here, I want us to catch, it just talks about, it says they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. And that's a phrase that shows up in the New Testament a number of different places. But it isn't, uh, when, when they sent them off, it wasn't kind of like they say, you know, good luck, catch you later, high five, or we pray for you and see you, you know, let us know next time you're in town. Uh, that phrase, sent them, uh, often refers to sent them financially supported by that, whoever sent them. Um, and so in this case, it was the church in Antioch. When it says they sent them, uh, they sent them with what they needed to carry out their missionary journey. And and this is a, that's what's meant by that phrase. Other times it talks about, you know, send, send so-and-so or, or receive them when they're coming to town. It's like, we sent them to get to your town. When they get there, you take them. It's like we're handing them off to you. You help them and maybe send them off to the next place. And, and so that's kind of the idea there. And it's really just interesting to think the church in Antioch basically supported this first missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas as they went and uh, God used them to do a number of, of awesome things there. And so uh, this morning we're just going to kind of be an announcement. It's basically like a special announcement. Well, we're going to start 
forth in the next this Sunday, next Sunday, um, maybe one after that. We'll see. But we're going to just start taking a, a special offering um, related to mission trips and mission work for our church. You know, this summer we are currently praying about a trip to Asia. We're kind of stepping one step at a time to to send a team to uh, to Asia to help uh, um, helping some some of the works we're connected with over there as an association of churches. And so um, we're going to start collecting for that. We're also doing some shorter term trips this summer as well, locally, well, locally in the same in the country here, domestically, I guess we call that. Um, to Seattle, we'll send a team, and also to Kansas, where we um, you know send a number of people out there to help start that Kansas State Church. We're going to be sending teams there as well. But the goal is we're going to start collecting a fund that will be um, earmarked for mission work. Um, the first one, especially being this Asia trip. The Asia you know trip's going to cost a little more than probably getting out to Manhattan, Kansas, or uh, paying gas to drive to Seattle. And so we're really going to we're, we're continuing to seek God's will on this Asia trip. And so um, if you know we, we do a collection over the next two weeks and we get um, you know five bucks in there, we're probably going to not do the Asia mission trip at that point because uh, it's, it's going to take you know a lot to get the, the team over there. But we're, we're just going to see God if you're leading us this summer. We're doing this um, in a shorter time schedule than you know most mission trips. You get a year out to raise support and things like that. And this one has been an opportunity that's been afforded us since um, the Faith Walkers Christmas conference we went to. So um, we're going to do that. If you if you want to place something in the in the offering, we just ask that you write in your check. You might just write Asia Mission Trip or Mission Fund, and we'll we'll kind of keep track of that as a church. If you're going to do cash, you might put it in an envelope and mark you know Mission Fund as well. If um, for some reason you know God shows us you we are not going to do Asia this summer, that that money will still be allocated for mission work, whether it's the the short term trips this summer or a future trip next summer for uh, internationally so just want to get you guys thinking about that um, one verse just going to share on this that we taught on this probably last summer it's Malachi um, chapter 3 if you have a house Bible you can turn there uh, it's Malachi 3.10 and if someone has a page number on it you can holler it out 950? Alright. It's our teacher back there, sharp with the page numbers. 950. Um, Malachi chapter 3. We talked through this as we went through the book of Malachi this last summer, even though we were supposed to be going through the book of Jonah, I think, and, and Brad started us down the wrong. No, just checking. Uh, it, so, but we looked at Malachi 3, and what we have there, just, just going to share with you, it's, it's really just an encouraging promise, you know. Um, I think we'll read it real quick. Verses, um, we'll, we'll probably start 8 through 10, maybe 11. But it, it says this, it says, Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. And then here's the promise here. This is an awesome promise. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, and see if I do not throw open the, uh, the floodgates, the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. It just goes on to talk about the, the promise there. Even it, it will relate to your crops, your vines, your fruit. Um, but that promise there says, bring, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. And we talked about that when we were going through this the last time. Just uh, This is one of the few places where God says, hey, you want to know if I'm real? You want to know if I keep my word? Test me in this. Bring your, your tithe. You know, we talked about that's just giving 
take a tenth of whatever you know, whatever you get, whether it's some, some special uh, funds that you receive and you give a tenth back to God, or if it's of your income. And then it talks about offerings is um, anything beyond what you what you give normally, your your normal tithe, your normal giving is anything beyond that would be considered an offering. And you know, one of the things that I uh, I remember sharing on this last summer, and I said to everyone here, you know, I'm in the habit of tithing as well. You know, I give a tenth of whatever I get, whether it's uh, income I wasn't expecting or whether it's my salary, and and we're in the habit of doing that. But sometimes you can do it just because uh, you're in the habit of doing it. It becomes almost a religious thing, but the point we made last time is we need to do that in faith. And and I told you guys, you know, I'm taking this promise to the bank. God, I'm going to test you in this this month, which was this last summer. And, uh, you know, I, I never got back to you guys on how the test went, you know. I never got to report back on that. But, um, you know, I really felt like God came through and He's been coming through every month since then when we've been giving with faith. But uh, one of the things we were working through at the time was, you know, we had accumulated a little debt from moving into our, our house in the neighborhood here. And we had some projects that we weren't planning on that we some of them we, we put on our, our credit card. And there were some things that we were trying to figure out how do we clear that? Um, how do we continue to go in life, you know, with all these different needs we have? And I was looking at part-time work on top of our full-time pastoring. And, and I just felt like God took me on a little mini journey. But I remember the first month when I said, God, I'm going to test you in this. Um, one of the things that God did that I, I just haven't got to give him glory publicly about it, at least not to the whole church, was um, there was, you know, at the time, uh, in response to the teaching that someone had come up to me after the service and they, they said, you know, I feel like God has put it on my heart to help you guys clear whatever that says on your credit card. And they asked the amount and they wrote a check and they just cleared it, you know, and, and it was just, you know, that was a day or two, the day of or day after we just shared, we're going to test God in this. And then since then I was trying to figure out, well, how do we have enough income to make sure we're getting all our needs met? Is it some software work on the side? And I checked into a few different options there. But in the end, um, you know, I felt like God took me on a journey and saying, I brought you into full-time ministry. Is that where you want to be? Or do you want to go back down into the software world and things like that? There's wonderful jobs out there that God's providing for for, for many uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. He's providing for our pastors that are working in the software world here as well. But he took me on a little heart journey on do you want to do this or do you want to do something else? Do you want to make millions of dollars in the software world? Or, you know, not that I can make millions of dollars in the software world, but there's a temptation there to go, well, what if, what if, you know, something went big there? And through the process, I, I think I just realized, you know, uh, serving him full-time in the ministry is, is why I left my job in the first place, so I could do this full-time. But I was going to trust him to provide for me and my family and our growing family. And uh, in the end, I was like, you know, Lord, this is, this is what I want to be doing with all the time that I have and uh, some of these other doors kind of closed on job opportunities and things like that and eventually I went back to our pastor's meeting and I put on a proposal of hey, maybe maybe I'd take a raise maybe I could ask for a raise you know sometimes in the pastor's world you, you kind of put those off because where you are financially as a church and what's going on and um, so I just submitted for that and, and, and the guy said you know that, that seems good let's do that and we just kept marching on since then and it's been awesome and um, but I, I just want to encourage you 
you guys, when you give, whether it's your, your tithe, whatever you give normally, when you give an offering beyond that, that uh, I encourage you to do that with faith because God promises you that He will bless you in response to that and He will open the floodgates of heaven um, on, on you when you give with faith. And so, as you're considering, you know, giving, maybe you're just in these tough times financially, it's like, well, maybe I should hold on to some of this or I just want to encourage you to keep walking by faith. And as a church, I really feel like God has... Um, you know, blessed us with a church of people who, who give, who give with faith, who give even in hard times. I encourage you to keep that up. You know, not for, it's not like tooting our own horn. Yeah, give to the church so we can, uh, God's going to provide for us. We've trusted Him ever since we opened the doors on the church here. But give, I think, especially so that you can see God's blessing on you as, as we go here. There's a, a promise in Second Corinthians chapter 9 where God just says, you know, there was a church that was giving to the work that Paul and them were doing and he said um, you know even though this church was was small and they were hard pressed in their times um, it says they uh, we want you to know this is chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians but we want you to know about the grace that God has given the, the Macedonian churches out of the most severe trial their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity and they gave as much as they were able and even beyond and it goes on to just talk about how um, they gave first to the Lord and then to us, uh, Paul and them as they were on their, their missionary work there. Later he just promises, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Um, and God loves a cheerful giver. And so I just want to encourage you in these times, uh, keep, keep giving to the Lord by faith. Um, in this special offering, if you don't have the ability to do it, well that's, you know, that's between you and God. And um, we're not asking you to give beyond what you are able to do but I encourage you to to give whatever you give cheerfully and with faith and we're going to trust that God will work out some of this mission trip stuff I know there's a number of people on the team there that are walking by faith that God will provide um, for that as well but anyways that's a special offering pitch Uh, if you have any questions on that you know let me know and and we can um, be glad to talk with you later about that now we're going to shift gears that's first gear we're going to second gear here it's uh, talking giving a report back about the, the marriage conference and things we learned up there. Uh, I want to start by just thanking everyone who prayed for that conference. I know a number of people um, prayed that God would bless the couples up there, that He would bless. We, we prayed even as pastors that He would help us in the different messages we had to do up there. And I really feel like God came through um, just in amazing ways here. And we've asked some of the couples to, um, to think about sharing some of the things that God taught them up there. And so we we're going to try to figure out how to best do this. Um, obviously, some of us have kids there, so you might do a, either pick a representative from you as couples, and then one can come up and share, or you can rotate and like one sit with the kids and the other person share. But I just uh, want to want to let everyone know that what we what we're going to share. I think when it comes to marriage conferences, when it comes to parenting, I know when I was a single guy um, up in Fort Collins, there the church that I, that we were going to. And some of you, they did marriage seminars, they did marriage teachings at church where not everyone was married and 
they did parenting things at church and not everyone had kids. But, but what I knew as a single person was I could plan ahead. I could take this truth. I could stick it in my pocket. I could figure out how to apply it to my life as a single person and also use it again when I got married or when I had kids. And so as we share things from, from the marriage conference here, I encourage you, whether you are married or whether you're not, take truth with you. Figure out, well, maybe there's a way I can apply this right now with my roommates. Uh, maybe there's a way I can apply this truth you know, some way now that will help me for marriage or for parenting and so as people share watch for things like that and um, also let's see we're, we're going to start probably a, uh, we might just go one couple at a time as many um, as we can do here I think it's probably just going to be a couple minutes uh, you know maybe a minute each or something we'll see how, how the Lord leads but um, if we have a volunteer we have a couple that's ready to start Jeremy and Jeff alright you guys both want to come up or are you these your representative on this side? All right, there you go. Nominated. All right. Uh-huh. I figured I'd go first so that nobody else would steal my ideas. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I think uh, several things I just wanted to share was um, I really enjoyed Pat Suckle's talk on intimacy and just um, growing to know each uh, know each other more deeply and um, also how we can apply that to other areas of our lives like with uh, people you know and just trying to really know people more deeply instead of just how are you good how are you good you know that sort of thing and really just asking about how they are and, and trying to grow in intimacy with um, in our marriage as well as um, with our friends and people we you know know and also another thing was um just um, from our guys' time, we had this time. Uh, um, just Mitch mentioned something about how we need to, as men, add value to things, add, add value to our relationships, add value to you know just our life, and and not just extracting value from things and and just always getting and getting, but you know adding value to things. And um, lastly, I think we just really. Um, We've been doing pretty well in this, just um, enjoying our, our relationship with each other and, and really just taking a lot of joy out of it and not always be having the mindset of, oh, we're going to push through it and, you know, we're just going to bear it out but really enjoy each other. And and uh, we kind of applied that last night and we just did a bunch of th- fun things after afterwards and went bowling and stuff like that together. So um, that was a lot of fun. So it was a good conference. All right. Thanks, Kelly. All right. Okay, let's see another. Oh, Christian Lee. All right. Please. I think people are like, I'll sign up now and get it done and uh, get to listen to the other ones. <laughs> Excellent. You guys go. Everyone start things off. I just really agree with Jeremy's thought of uh, not having other people steal what I want to share. Uh-huh. It just makes it really much harder. Um, obviously our first marriage conference, but uh, there were, I, I thought it was, it was definitely a great blessing. Um, I mean, I don't think like we've had any huge struggles in our marriage, but I think there's a lot to definitely grow in. Um, even from like Rich's talk, he, uh, the last part of it, he talked about just 
how a marriage is a dance and how you should really start dancing. And for us, I think we're, like he talked about, the ideal is this glorious ballroom dance. And I think maybe we're in, I think we're in box step, maybe the beginner ballroom dance. Um, so going in the right direction. I don't think we're doing the break dancing or anything like that, but uh, we're headed there. So, um, but there were a couple things from um, Pat Sokol's talk that uh, just really struck me. One was um, the very beginning, he just really talked, he asked everybody, like, what were the reasons, like, why people get married? And then after he got all those reasons, he said, okay, well, what are the reasons why people stay married? And it was this completely different list. And he was just asking, he's like, why is that different? I mean, why isn't, why does that change that when you think of why should I stay married versus why should I get married? Why aren't those the same reasons? And um, I just thought that was really good to just kind of reflect on. And um, the other thing that was just really, I guess, encouraging for us as well is uh, afterwards we um, had stayed up there and watched the Missouri game, which was sad. But anyway, uh, (laughs) there was this other couple that was there, which was definitely not from the marriage conference. And uh, it was just really encouraging, I guess, to see, like, how, you know, like I said, I don't think we're in any glorious dance or anything, but seeing, like, the difference of what a Christian relationship can really look like versus what the world says that a relationship looks like. And just like Jeremy said about adding value and really through our marriage, like, am I adding value to her? Is she have a a deeper walk? Is she uh, better because of the fact that we're married? That kind of thing just really struck me. So. I get to share too. Uh, I get a minute. Um, I have permission because I like to talk, and he knows it. Um, I think there was. It was like you guys know. In six days, we celebrate our first anniversary. So we're. It was really encouraging. I know I haven't killed him yet. So good. Um, but I think it was really encouraging for us to go up that, that this fell on this weekend before our anniversary because it really gave us a lot of time to stop and reflect. And we've kind of been doing that, you know, like every other month. We're just like, oh, how are we doing? Oh, what can I do? And, you know, and I think marriage is, is totally different than I think both of us thought that it was when we went into it. Mm-hmm. And it's been a lot of fun figuring it out, and it's been a lot of not fun at times figuring it out. But, um, you know, I think... Um, I, had a, I took a lot. Um, Rich, I, I really appreciated your message and your vulnerability with everybody, and, and I have a lot of questions for Morgan about it at some point, too, that <laughs> I know we're going to have a chance to ask. But um, at the beginning, we got up there a little late, so we got right in there just as it was starting, and Pat Sokol had been talking for a little bit, and, and one thing he just said really fast at the beginning, which then leads into his talk later, was he just made a statement, and it just said, there's more to our lives than a quiet endurance and a mediocre marriage, which I also look into as a mediocre life and I think that a lot of people settle for that um, and in his talk um, he had one of the key points which was how can we fan the flames how can we make our lives more enjoyable and more exciting and you know he just had five quick steps which were you have to pursue the right target which is intimacy with your friendships and with your marriage and you have to continually strive to learn something new about somebody and you can't just settle into the same continued routine and I feel like we've started to do that like you know work comes and then we have this and then we have Bible study and then we have small group and then we have band practice but I think it was just really encouraging for us to just say, okay, we need to mix it up a few times and um, and not settle for just the okay marriage where there's never any fighting, but to really just continue to strive to make it stronger and deeper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, we have another gray. All right, got a hand up there. 
We talked about uh, one of the things we talked about was different uh, different forms of dancing here, but I got to pick on Greg a little bit because he's a he's a break dancer, if you know. I don't know if he looks like a break dancer or not, but uh, he's fairly unassuming about it here. So, yeah. Well, thanks. I think the first thing I'd say I was encouraged that um, this is the, the third time since we started the firehouse that there was a, a couples conference, and the very first one we had two couples. It was ourselves and Rich and Morgan. And this time we had 13. And so I was just really encouraged to see how we're growing and how God is really doing things in people's lives. So um, having said that, uh, Leah alluded to, to Rich's talk. Um, and it really just kind of struck me. I felt like it was a it was sort of a history lesson, so to speak, where all these milestones were sort of like milestones in my life, too, as we've sort of run with these guys. And um, he really just sort of gave the testimony and of their marriage and, and the things they've walked through and I was just really struck at just how how humble and vulnerable you were and I think that we just as a, a church are really blessed uh, to be led by a pastor and the other pastors too are the same way just uh, are really humble and uh, just wonderful to be led by them so I also was struck too by the uh, something Rich said he, he talked about um, as you put yourself under other people's authority and you take input and counsel from other people that there can be a tendency to stiff arm uh, advice and counsel that, that others might give you um, in humility and I just really saw it in his life as he talked about um, how they really uh, got together with Rick and Neva who are the pastors now out in Kansas and um, how they really just took that took that counsel and with open arms embraced it and, and made changes in their life and their marriage uh, to accept it and I just thought wow that's really something I think all of us can do whether we're married or single and uh, something I know that I'm sure we could grow into so let's see other all right there we go Sure. It's both all right. Wonderful. There you go. All right. Um, I guess I would just add to the Pat Sokol's discussion of intimacy. Um, he presented a diagram, which I guess helped me visualize it in my mind, being a visual person. Kind of the three parts of intimacy being the three sides of a triangle. Um, he called them out as friendship being one side and spiritual fellowship being another side then uh, passion being the last side and um, I guess the the value of investing in all these areas is when you invest in the the areas the different areas the triangle grows part of it's keeping it in balance part of it's just um, knowing that all three are important but as that area of that triangle grows the the value and the, the what the world sees in your marriage also grows and when you have a marriage that uh, just that, that is obviously a good thing then the world sees that and it's a presentation of the gospel to the world mm-hmm. in addition to that um, Pat Sokol made a statement about the value of a good marriage just to your own family if you have children we don't yet, but we're looking forward to it. <laughs> he said the best thing you can do for your children is to is to make your marriage something that they value and that they would want for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
you want to share something for us? Oh, no, I just came off of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. No, that's good. Good to, uh, uh, let's see here. Other ones, there we go. That's, this is, um, well, I'll, I'll let them share, but the, I think, um, all right, it's Brian here. It was, it was fun having them up there. I think it was their uh, their first marriage conference ever. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Was I should say, and and uh, I want to make an excuse for Jeremy and Christian took my idea, so uh, yeah. I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I just sort of want to expand on on what Mitch said, also because it it really struck me. He basically said uh, that when Adam uh, gave his rib to to help create Eve, that uh, he was delighted in what what was accomplished by that, the giving of part of him, and how that can relate to not just your marriage, but to all your relationships, your children and your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that when you add add value to, to the earth by giving of yourself, that's, that's sort of the, the way to be happy. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, let me see. Other. Brad, all right. Wait, you're not married? No, he's not. <laughs> yeah, I was going to share it. Uh, it was our first marriage conference, too, since well, we're not married yet. And um, somehow I made a joke in front of John Meyer, who's kind of like our regional leader in uh, our churches in Colorado, that I should teach a seminar at the marriage conference. I kind of said it in passing at a pastor's meeting. And he said, that sounds great. I'll write you on the schedule. <laughs> Straight face. And I kind of still thought he was joking, but one thing led to another. And I taught a seminar at the marriage conference, so that was <laughs> that was fun. So we, we did a little seminar on engagement. But uh, one other share a quick funny story. We went out to McDonald's for breakfast in the morning, just to get a cup of coffee and read our Bible and prepare for my seminar. And we sat in this little corner, and we kind of found out that Estes Park is kind of a retirement town because one by one there was about four tables in a row in this corner, and uh, these guys, kind of in their 70s or their 60s, kind of retired guys, started filling in. And getting a little closer to us and they were kind of looking at us a little funny and after a while I noticed this whole section is filling in getting closer to us and one gentleman walked in the door looked at us and just had kind of a shocked look on his face eventually got a cup of coffee and sat down and I realized that there was this kind of local group that would come in there I don't know if it was weekly or daily to get a cup of coffee and talk but we kind of eventually quietly moved to the other side of McDonald's and um, they eventually filled in the whole section and another couple came up to us and said and kind of was in Inquiring why we had been in their section and let us know that they have that's kind of the locals this is their McDonald's and they have this section and so we were it was kind of a funny outing but yeah I think uh, one thing we really took away was one of the main speakers we had there actually wasn't a pastor it was a brother that had been in our churches that had shared just about um, an extramarital relationship he'd had and the effects of that and I just I thought it was a really sobering time and good. I think a lot of times Satan calls us into sin just little by little. And Satan tries to tell us that there's not many consequences for our sin, just as the little things come. And, and some of the things he 
was talking about in his relationship is just the little things of watching a movie you shouldn't watch, looking at pornography, having a conversation at work with some of the opposite gender you shouldn't have, or making phone calls you shouldn't, and just how these little compromises, Satan tries to lie to us and tell us that there's not a big consequence of them. And I think it was just really sobering to have a brother share who had repented of it and gone through it and restored his relationship, but just to see where those things end up. And I just thought one verse that came to mind on it was First uh, Peter 5.8. It says, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And I think God really wants us to be alert and sober-minded, just because it was a good reminder that at the end of that, Satan never wants you to think, if you have one little compromise, you're going to have to sit down with your wife one day and tell her that you had an affair. If you have one little compromise, you're going to have to sit before a judge someday and tell him you were stealing and, and get sent to jail. Satan never wants us to think that through. But God really tells us, be sober-minded, be alert, because there are great consequences for what we do. And I think Satan doesn't want us to go there and think about it, but God tells us to be sober-minded and make sure we have... Um, control of the little decisions. I think I was we were kind of humbled and challenged by that to think about those little decisions even heading into marriage in the next few months here. Okay, let's see. Um, we'll probably do a couple more here, but um, I'm wondering if the breaking bread stuff is it is out in the mouth or is in the kitchen. All right, we'll, we'll get that set up here as we go. Um, let's see. Volunteers next. He says, Lyndon's, uh, are you guys in? No. <laughs> There's Dale and Katie too. All right, good. Yeah, come on up here. There we go. Okay, uh, this was our second marriage conference that we've been to, and um, gosh, the hard part, I'm trying to come up with a point to go over, so anyway, thankfully most of them have been going over, so now I just don't have as many to pick from, but anyway, um, I think uh, one of the things that kind of stuck out with me was uh, just hearing hearing the different speakers, Rich spoke, and then uh, Tom Grove, and Pat Sokol, and Mitch, and um, you kind of you when these guys get up and they kind of give their story of what they've learned over the years. You kind of really realize. I mean, they tell you this too, but sometimes you don't really know what to make of it. But they, they they talk about how you know they've had things they've had to deal with in their lives and struggles they've had to deal with and things they've needed to receive counsel on. And that's something I don't normally think of. I think to myself, my pastors aren't the kind of people that need to receive counsel. They're the ones that do everything right and give the counsel to people like me. So to hear that that uh, they're not beyond that, that uh, when you think to yourself, you know, there's I'm kind of alone in the kind of condition that I'm in. You know, I try and do things right, and sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't, and don't make as much progress as I think I should, or or whatever. You really realize that these are people that you can talk to, and that they're not so different from you, and they're people that you really can receive their input on and not have to feel like, um, you know, that you should stiff arm that counsel, kind of like Craig was saying, or or that, uh, that they can't relate to your situation. Um, so it was something that really, I guess, stuck out with me, um, as well as just everything else about learning about intimacy and, and not just kind of kind of reminded me not to kind of just drift along and uh, let things kind of take care of themselves and only deal with them if a big problem comes up, you know, but to not have that kind of just wait around and wait for a problem attitude. So, Mm -hmm. Um, 
Um, I think one of the things, there's a couple things that I'm taking away from this conference and um, like everybody else, I really appreciated all the vulnerability and just the openness with this is what our marriage has looked like over the last 20 years and um, I, I think Patrick and I are very blessed in our marriage and it's encouraging for me um, but we obviously after six years still have a lot more, a lot more learning to do about each other and I think one of the things that I'm coming out with is just to have more fun and just really enjoy each other's company and just to know each other on a more intimate friendship level and um, just ask some of those deeper questions, not just the, hey, how's it going kind of a thing, but how do you feel and what do you need? Um, I think everybody, I mean, even if you're in a roommate situation, sometimes you need things from other people and it's, it's good to be vulnerable and open in that sense. Um, and I think the other thing that I'm, I'm going to apply in, and I've known this before, but it's, it's sort of lapsed a bit, is um, just the importance of God in our relationship and he's kind of that glue and, you know, to pray and count on him and trust him for bigger things and um, also just to have a deeper relationship with God and, and that will overflow into my relationship with Patrick and, and everybody else.
the day's schedule get in the way. So. Security, we've got a guy here that's not Good guy. All right, let's see. Uh, maybe one last couple and we'll break bread. And guys, want to share? All right. Good guy. Thank you, guys. I just, uh, you know, we're blessed as a church just to be able to pull things together and have the kids sitting in with us. Like, uh, all your kids are just doing so awesome here. And so I just want to pat you parents on the back for the fact that you could have your kids sit, to, you know, through time like this. There's places where that would probably turn into a zoo uh, real fast. And uh, you guys are doing great here. But here we go. Well, for me... Uh, this marriage conference was sort of like a homecoming. Um, if I went to a, a high school homecoming, I wouldn't really identify with that very much. It wouldn't mean a whole lot to me. But for me to go and see folks from other Great Commission churches and even to do it uh, specifically in Estes Park is really like a homecoming for me and something I haven't... I've, I've missed because, you know, we went on the church plant to Amsterdam and uh, so we were just sort of in this little church out on its own. We didn't really see folks from other churches usually. Um, so for me to just stand in the lobby for the hour beforehand during registration, um, I could have gone home encouraged just from that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but from, from the more official time, I thought it was really good how Tom shared all that he's been through. And um, you could maybe maybe call it scare tactics to sit through a talk like that, but I think it's, that's appropriate. I think it's good for us to be scared of, of um, sin and of... of adultery and all those things and it's, it's maybe hard for us to identify with, with struggling with adultery or an improper affair outside of our marriage but um, I think all of us can definitely at least connect with the smaller steps leading up to the improper affair that Tom went through that Brad kind of mentioned a little bit um, that we really need to take that seriously and um, that's that's something that's important for us whether we're married or not because a lot of times um, if we're going to have a struggle like that in our marriage it's probably um, get started from a pattern that we developed before we got married so that's um, just really good for me to be reminded about that that it's, it's definitely relevant for all of us thank you all right Well, I think um, if you know if you're interested, I'm pretty sure that all the teachings will be posted on the, the website, probably at someofyou.com under conferences or under uh, online messages conferences. I think where they'll they'll show up there. So you feel free to listen to those. There, you know, um, I just think God really blessed it. There was a lot of people sharing some of what they learned. I think it was fun for us just to share our story. It was kind of like uh, testimony. You know, you share your own testimony, but sharing kind of the testimony to what God has done in your marriage and. 
that's what Morgan and I got to do as well and it was just awesome to just tell people what God has done how he's helped us how he's grown us um, you know kind of we got to talk through the good the bad and the ugly was uh, one of the movie clips we showed there an old western and uh, but uh, there was we had a lot of fun together and you feel free to, to listen uh, to those things whether you're single or married whether you were there or not uh, there's going to be a resource for you there um, we're just going to break bread here real quickly I think uh, it's not going to be terribly complicated we're just going to simply do what, the, what Jesus asked us to do to remember him so if you have a, a Bible you can turn real quick to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and we're going to um, just take what we read and put it into action here and be on our way so um First Corinthians eleven twenty three, and it says it says this. It says this is the Apostle Paul writing, and he says, "For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.' In the same way, after he took after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this." Whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks the cup. So this morning we're just we're going to take time to simply do what Jesus said. He said, "Do this to remember me." It's something that He gave us. We didn't make it up. The, the church, our early church fathers, didn't make this up. This was something Jesus passed on to the early church to to remember Him. And, and so we're going to do that this morning here. And you know, I think as it says here, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, you know, really there's there's two ways I, I think that we can do that in an unworthy manner. One is um, this that we remember is for those who believe Jesus uh, his body was pierced and crushed for, for your sins and that his blood was shed for your sins this is uh, this is where we remember that if, if you're not at that place in your faith that's okay if you're still searching it out that's okay but this is a symbol for those who believe Jesus' blood was shed for their sins and so uh, I know I grew up in a church where I didn't you know I didn't know Jesus died for me but I regularly did communion and so we, we try not to do that uh, as we understand the scriptures here you know in the firehouse um, uh, it's, Jesus made it available to everyone everyone is, it's, it's been offered but not everyone has received that free gift that comes through Jesus' death and when you come to believe in that then this is one way to express that and, and remember him and so that's welcome for, for everyone the other way we can do it in an unworthy manner I think as Christians is sometimes we go and we remember Jesus died on the cross for all my sins he was crucified to pay for my sins he, he rose again to give me new life but sometimes we don't pass that forgiveness on to others sometimes we go thank you Lord and I'm forgiven for everything and uh, we don't we have people in our lives that we have not passed on that gracious that free that complete forgiveness and so to take partake in remembering the forgiveness you have in Christ without passing that on that would be 
uh, an unworthy manner of, of doing this. And so we just encourage you to check your hearts, to make sure there's not someone out there who you're holding a higher standard to than Jesus held to you. He's, he's forgiven you if you've come to believe in Him for everything that you've ever done and uh, you don't want to be found. He, he shared the parable of a guy that was forgiven a gigantic debt and a guy that was forgiven a little debt. Um, and the guy that was forgiven the, the little debt, you know, no, the guy had a gigantic debt. I'm sorry, I got my parables wrong here. Um, one guy had a gigantic debt that was forgiven. And he went out and he found a guy that owed him just a little bit. It's like he was forgiven a million dollar debt and he found a guy that owed him a hundred bucks. And he went and he had him beaten and put in prison because the guy wouldn't pay him. He'd just been forgiven this huge debt. And Jesus said, you know, watch out that you find yourself doing something like that. You know, we've been forgiven all our sins and sometimes we can go to someone that owes us a little something that hurt us and we cannot pass that on. And we just need to make sure um, we don't do that uh, in our time. But from the marriage conference, one of the thoughts I shared is just how good are you at being a forgiver? Um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time in our marriage focusing on seeking forgiveness. There's seeking forgiveness and there's giving forgiveness. We spend a lot of time focused on seeking forgiveness and, and we really spend time focusing on how the other person sought forgiveness, not so much how we sought forgiveness. And I feel like God shifted our thinking into forgiving. Uh, how good are we doing at forgiving our spouse? You know, and it's easy in marriage, I go, it's easy for me to say, Jesus died on the cross for me. He was crucified for me. I received that forgiveness. Um, but I feel like God's been teaching me, even through this conference, that Jesus died on the cross for my spouse. She doesn't need to be crucified. She doesn't need to be punished because Jesus was crucified for her, not only me. And you just need to make sure, if you remember, He died for you. He died for someone else um, as well. If you have another believer where you're holding account against them or another person who's not a believer, you are called to pass that forgiveness on. So let's do that this morning. Let's remember what He's done. Um, we're, I'm just going to pray, and we might have a little background music or something. Um, do we have a song we could put on there? Um, or else we could have a guitar do a little little something up here. Uh, any preferences on the band there? Definitely not one of Brad's uh, gospel music hymns there or something like that. Uh, no. <laughs> Let me see. We'll go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll just pray real quick in one way or another. We'll have some background music and feel free to, to go uh, as you're ready to take the bread and, and, and take the juice there. I'll just pray real quick. Lord Jesus, we do thank you again for for bringing us together here. Lord, I thank you for teaching and instructing the couples up up at Estes Park there. Lord, I thank you that you um, taught each one of us. And Lord, help us to grow in um, intimate relationship with you, Lord, where where we know you better, where we share um, what's on our heart with you more than we do currently. Lord, help us to have intimate friendships with one another, Lord, whether it's married, whether it's in our households or small groups. Help us grow in this, Lord. And we thank you, Jesus, that you made it possible for us to have intimate relationship, loving relationship with our Heavenly Father by, by dealing with our sin on the cross. We thank you for that. We remember you this morning, Lord Jesus, and uh, we, um, we, do, we do just remember you. We thank you in your name. Amen. Okay, we'll have a, we have a little background music there. Okay. So just uh, you might want to pray or something uh, with your spouse or just on your own and feel free to, to go to the table there. We'll probably just have a, a prayer to close this time off in just a few minutes.
let's uh, pray again. If you guys would, we'll bow our heads again together. Lord Jesus, we, we do again thank you. Thank you that you loved us so much that you, you gave up your, your life, you gave up your blood uh, to die for us, to restore relationship uh, with God. We thank you that you, you did everything that was necessary to, to reconcile our relationship with God. I pray you'd help each one of us just walk in close relationship with you today. Help us to continue to share our hearts with you, to get to know you better. Lord, help us to trust you more and more. But help us just to walk in the glorious relationship you have planned for us today and, and every day. So we, we tell you we love you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. Um, again, we thank you for bringing us together this morning. Amen. Amen. All right, I want to thank you guys for, for coming this morning here. Again, we want to invite everyone to join us in house churches this week, um, which will be Wednesday night. And then we'll be right back here next Sunday. And I think we're going to continue. Let's see, next Sunday is Palm Sunday. Is that right? So we'll probably um, do some uh, some related to Palm Sunday and Acts 13. We might do a little in there as well. And then following Sunday, we're going to do an Easter Easter sort of outreach service. So um, be thinking about that and be praying for that as well. But thanks for uh, thanks for coming this morning. All right. you